Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is the Non-Fungible Podcast, NFP with D. Klein. Now proudly sponsored by the Koi Network, where you can mint atomic NFTs on-chain and get paid when your creations attract real traffic. Now you can find this podcast and you can dive deeper into blockchain trends on Cointelegraph magazine. Just go to www.cointelegraph.com magazine. In cooperation with the Coin Network, I am presenting Atomic Zombies on October 26th. You can pick them up on the Coin Network or on OpenSea. And once you register them on Koi, you'll discover unique attributes of your undead friends via proof of real traffic. Check it out. My guest today is the NFT producer, Black Pearl. Welcome to NFP. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think my connection to you was a phone call. I think it was God Cloud. Called right. me up out of the blue. I get this area code, California. I'm like, okay, who's trying to scam me now? Yes. That was God cool. Cloud is an amazing person, as you know. Um, I met him in this space. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I met him when I was doing Chacha Lucha. Were you familiar uh, with the Chacha Lucha project? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I attended Lucha a number was, of clubhouses. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, he actually put me together with the artist, Ali Sabet, who you mm -hmm. know Wonderful. very well. Artist. And I've yeah. actually heard your interview with Ali, and it was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, Godcloud also did the music for Chacha Lucha with Ali. Yes. And it was insane. It was amazing. It was a really wonderful experience. So, that was yeah. quite the sensation there. Yeah. God, and God it kind of all people. came together beautifully, right? Like you had the art elements, you had the music elements, the cultural elements, you know, it's just, yes. it really was a nice kind of package deal. Right. What we were trying to do is really produce kind of a package deal. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people were at the time just kind of dropping their NFTs and it, a lot of celebrities were just coming in and mm -hmm. dropping and, we wanted to do something that kind of related to the culture. So that's why we chose the Lucha masks. Mm -hmm. And because they were non-fungible, they were all very unique. We didn't want to do 10,000 of them. We wanted to do right. some fine art ones. So we only did 50 and there's going to be more coming out. We're talking about what the next phase of it is. Okay. We wanted to do a physical product. So we had God Cloud and Ollie do the soundtrack. And actually when they purchased the soundtrack, they got the vinyl which was cool okay. and experimental. Um, we also did a, a sweatshirt too, which was a, right. an NFT where you got a sweatshirt. a beautiful so. sweatshirt. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, we did it with Origin Protocol. It was a lot of fun, mm -hmm. sold out. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really, it's really interesting because we're just so into the early days of this space. And especially when it comes to product, I love hearing what Mark Cuban says about books and all the stuff that Gary V says about the future of the NFT. So it's nice to experiment with the products. But I think right now people are really still very much into the digital and not even the physical, hmm. which is interesting. Yes. Yeah, I think over time, the two just kind of become more kind of interconnected. Yeah. As the trend. Is that called happen. singularity? Is that what that is? I suppose, yeah. <laughs> I just think as the trend, yeah, I mean, there's so many transactions happening on the blockchain that mm -hmm. I think as it matures and as it evolves, who knows where this is going to go? We're really, really early. Well, you know, you mentioned as books you know. and we've talked about early internet and I know you have a connection to early internet books and a little company called Amazon. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's interesting because you were right in the thick of it in that messy time that was the internet in the nineties when people were like, what, this is a fad. Like this is not going to take off. It's not, you know, very useful. Right. And then it of course exploded. Like give us a right. little window into that, you know, that world that you were in at that time. Yeah. I think it's so analogous to the blockchain space today. Mm -hmm. um, I was 25 years old and I had graduated from law school. And my brother-in-law was a producer and he had a producing partner who had a 
deal at Sony and they produce movies like Godzilla, they produce Rudy, they produced you know, a, a bunch of different films. And I was working literally, this is kind of an interesting fact. I was working for the district attorney's office mm-hmm. on the Menendez brothers case. Do you remember that case? Wow. And I got a call from- Pretty high um, profile case. I mean, is yeah. it a higher profile <laughs> prosecution case? Well, at the time it was the Menendez maybe, brothers maybe and it was the OJ Simpson case. Yeah. They were both at the same time. Right. I worked in the major crimes division at the LA district attorney's office. And yeah, I was on the Menendez and OJ was going on the same time. I would visit the courtroom and watch OJ. And in fact, one day, I literally fell asleep in the courtroom because they were discussing DNA stuff. And then the bailiff came to me and kicked me out. So <laughs> that was my OJ story. You got kicked well. out of an OJ trial? <laughs> literally, I got kicked out of the OJ trial because I fell asleep and the judge didn't like it. It was after lunch. They're at a historic moment that you were sleeping. Right. Isn't yes. that true for all of us, really, in some way? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you were just really there. There's a lot of people sleeping now in this space who mm-hmm. don't even know about it. And it's so insane and incredible what's going on. But yeah, so it is very analogous to the space of the internet when it first started. So yeah, uh, I got a call from uh, this guy named Rob Freed, who was a big producer at Sony. And he said, hey, I want to build websites for the studios. And I think you're entrepreneurial and I'd love to have you run the company. And I just said, yes. Right. I said, yes. And I went and the first site that we built was for Anaconda. It was a movie with Jennifer Lawrence. I don't okay. know if you remember that. I remember it vaguely. <laughs> yeah, it was about a big giant snake I'm, in I the Amazon. I think I might have seen it on an airplane flying somewhere. I feel like I Probably. Did. It's not snakes on a plane. It's Anaconda, no, 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 no. but it was I know. actually kind of sick. I, just mean, I think I saw that movie on a flight, I believe. I you feel probably like I did. did. Ice-T was in it. It was really funny. <laughs> um, and so we built this site for, for Anaconda. They paid us $100,000 to build it. And I spent $85,000 to do it, to just have all the bells and whistles and all the kind of stuff at the time. And then people were coming to the studios and telling them that they can build websites for them for like $5,000, just because they wanted the studios on their resumes. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, this isn't really a business that I want to be in because it's really basically a work for hire business. And I didn't think the margins were that great. Right. And I wanted to build something that was more... um, where I could build equity for myself mm-hmm. and for the company. So I didn't know what to do. And I looked on the internet at the time, Amazon was there and all they were selling were books. And right. I thought to myself, the studios and the networks are spending so much money marketing their internet initiatives, their films and their television shows. They would put up their URLs on TV, but they weren't monetizing it. So I had this idea to build um, stores for the studios. I thought I would build a store for the studio and fill it with product like Amazon did. Um, and that was my idea. Mm-hmm. So I called Comedy Central and okay. I got a hold of the head of business development. And I told him I wanted to build a store. I said I would fill it with all the product. I do all the technology. I design it so it seamlessly integrates into the Comedy Central site. Um, I procure all the product. I do all the fulfillment. I do everything from A to Z. All they wow. had to do was put a shop button on the front page. And I would share the revenue with them 50-50. And he said yes to me. Now, that yes is, you know, really interesting, again, to analogize to the space. Because you could get yeses in those days because it was so early. If I had made that phone call today and said that to this guy, I would get a no. They'd be like, well, no, we can do that ourselves. (laughs) Who are you? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, you know, in the NFT space Well, don't take that in the wrong way. I'm just saying... You know, oh, you're absolutely there's right. There's so many things right. going on in the space, right? But in this space right now, in this as space, analogize, yeah, right. So in the NFT space, you could actually call a, a company like that and say, "Hey, I want to do this for you," uh, and they would say yes. Mm-hmm. But the window is closing. It that is. that window is closing because so many people are getting into it, and and it's it's going to evolve a change. So anyway, Comedy Central said yes to me, and so I I didn't even know how to build a store. Literally. And you couldn't do it out of the box. There was nothing that you could buy. You were just like, I'll do it. I have no idea. I said, I'll do it. I had to hire, I hired two (laughs) PhDs from UCLA who were amazing at technology. And we literally spent 15 to 20 hours a day coding a store. 
and we built the Comedy Central store and I filled it with Comedy Central watches and t-shirts and hats, right? Sure. And we, we put it online and it launched. And, and this is another really interesting lesson. The first month we did like $700 in sales, nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and pe- because people were terrified to put their credit cards yeah, on the internet totally. in the same way <laughs> as this space, they don't understand cryptocurrency. And yet at the same time, you'd hand your credit card over to like a waiter at a restaurant, let them walk away with it, record your information. Right. Yeah. Right. But we were hesitant to put it on the internet. Yes. Very, very hesitant. People yeah. thought, and, and like I said, it's exactly the same as the, the, the blockchain. People don't know what crypto is, Ethereum, setting up a wall, all the kind of stuff that they're reticent about. Right. Yes. So um, that's how it did. And then, then, couple weeks later, I got a call from Comedy Central and they said to me, we're coming out with a new show. Let's put some product up from this new show. And they sent me a videotape. At the time, that's you got videotapes. So I had to wait a couple of days to get the videotape. And do you know what the show was? Can you guess? I would guess. What was the year? Around 1995, 1996, something like that. Either South Park or The Simpsons. It was South Park. Yeah. Okay. It was South Park. And we put up a shirt and it was Cartman. That was the first shirt. It was Cartman. (laughs) And it said, I'm not fat. I'm big bone. And people literally went crazy for it. And they didn't care anymore about the credit card situation. And the first month I did like 15,000. The next month I did like 50,000. The next month I did 85,000. The next month I did 250,000. And I ended up having every single Comedy Central product from hats to t-shirts to toys to games to bed sheets to whatever product that was made. <laughs> and I learned the e-commerce business. I learned the licensing industry. I learned, you know, that whole space. And I became known as the guy who can make money for the studios on their internet initiatives. And I found myself at MTV in the boardroom, a young guy. And they said to me, how did you do that for them? And can you do that for us? And I said, yeah. So I ended up building stores for Comedy Central and MTV and Sony and Universal and DreamWorks and Paramount and all the different studios. And it was really amazing. And then I got approached by this guy. His name was Mark Geiger. Mm -hmm. And he had a company. He was a music agent. And I don't know if you know what a music agent does. Do you know? Uh, Explain. What they do is they represent musicians and bands for their touring and their merchandising. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the, the music artists make a lot of money on their touring. So he, he actually created Lollapalooza and he had a bunch of different bands that he was representing at the time. And he started okay. this company and he said to me, I'm doing exactly what you're doing, but I'm doing it with music artists. And my first store is the Rolling Stones. So <laughs> I ended up joining him and a company called Artist Direct was created. Mm-hmm. And we literally built stores for about 200 major music artists, everyone from God, you know, Metallica and Beck and Beastie Boys and Rage Against the Machine and Pearl Jam and Madonna and Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Gwen Stefani and Katie Lang and literally any music artist, share anyone that you can name at the time we did. And we ended up raising um, like $60 million from the record labels. And we then took the company public and raised a couple of hundred million dollars. And that was called Artist Direct. And that was the time that also that you're talking about with Amazon, where I literally launched the first auction with Amazon. I remember sitting in a room with Jeff Bezos <laughs> and they, they were launching their auction product. And we auctioned off the set of a television show called Melrose Place uh-huh. um, that was going off the air. And we were auctioning off like the, the, the set props and the chair, the from- table. Yeah, the Heather Locklear sheets and their yeah, clothing yeah. <laughs> and yeah, all that. And the, the infamous- or Heather the, Locklear, know, the, wow, that brings back memories. I know, yeah, that's how old I am. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so that was amazing. So yeah, Amazon at the time was really young. I remember doing a huge deal with Yahoo. It was on Christmas Eve. I had to close the deal before we went public. And literally, I remember going to a trade show and walking by a table with two guys who were a search engine, two guys, and the sign behind them said their name. 
And I turned to my friend and I thought, why do they think they're going to be able to compete with Yahoo? Guess what the name <laughs> was behind those two guys? I'm guessing Google. It was Google. Two for two. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you're a smart guy. So, I, and I was thinking back, I was like, wait a second, the Simpsons were on Fox. It couldn't have been the Simpsons. Right, 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 right. Comedy Central, South Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simpsons, Fox. Yeah, I couldn't get anywhere near the, the Simpsons for my store. I guess they, there was no way. Of course. Yeah. Thank God I got Comedy Central. <laughs> it was fun. You were just in the perfect place at the perfect time. And that's what's happening in blockchain right now. Right. You're right. If you happen yeah. to be just that right fit, right? Yeah. That's why when I looked at it and I saw it, I, I, I've always, my expertise, I think, would be emerging technologies as it relates to entertainment and things like that. So I thought, I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. I've done this before and I can, I can do it very quickly because I've, I've already done it. And I sure. did, you know, I had different iterations of this as well in the cell space. And, you know, as, as technology has evolved from kind of like the com the, the, the internet, the stores, then the cell phone came and then Twitter came and then YouTube came and then all, all these different things. And now I feel like we're here at the blockchain. So, and it's tell me more about the Melrose place auction. Oh, uh, we just literally, we auctioned off the set of Melrose place. It was all for charity. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was the first auction. I think that was launched on Amazon. It was put on their front page. It was like being on open sea front page at the time, or, you know, a front page of any of these platforms. And it was hugely successful. It was a lot of fun. I remember sitting in an office with Jeff Bezos, which I don't think I could do today because he's so huge, but at the time you could, you could, you know, very easily get in touch with the, you know, business development people at Amazon. And there was a lot of fun stuff. It, it's exactly the same as it is now. You can call these platforms and you can speak to their biz dev guys or, you know, their chief marketing officers or creative officers or engineers and everyone's so open and kind and authentic. And, you know, the only difference I will say is the internet moved really fast, mm -hmm. but I will say that the blockchain moves 10 times faster. And I actually think that it's going to be so much bigger because the one thing that I think is so interesting is that in the internet, everyone has different currencies. But mm -hmm. in the blockchain, the entire world has the same currency. And that is insane and mind boggling. So I'm very bullish on it. Um, and I think there's a lot to be done. I think we're really, really early. I think art is the most obvious, you know. Uh, it's the first killer app. Right, to be transacted. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more to come. and. Mm -hmm. I just, I really love the space. I love the people in the space. I love the um, authenticity of the people and everyone's kind of rooting for each other and wanting to make a difference for each other. And a community is being built, you know, the, the, like an OG community, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Even talking to you, God Cloud, Ali Sabet, you know, all the people that we know just because we've been in the space a little bit and the way that we're meeting these people through, you know, Clubhouse or Twitter or the projects that we work on, it's really kind of quite interesting. It's fascinating. You know, I find just the, like you said, the openness, the fact that I can just chat with somebody, anybody in the world, right? Instantaneously. Yeah. And a lot of them, like you said, they do reply because it's still small. Yeah. You know? So you get these people who in other circles, like a guy like Gary Vee, for example, would not right. be accessible to the average person. But right. within these circles, he is. Yes, I agree. I mean, there's different celebrities that are in the space. There's there's big business people and they tweet you, you know? Yeah. They respond to your tweets. They like your tweets. I got a response from Paris Hilton. I was like, hmm. you know? <laughs> I got a and like from uh, Snoop Dogg just now. Right. You <laughs> right? got a like from Snoop, Snoop Dogg. I mean, that's yeah, right. not going to happen in, in a couple of years, but you no. literally can, can do things with Snoop Dogg. You know, I think that's great. So, and, and, you know, you did a piece of art for the George Lopez foundation, which right. was pretty cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of fun stuff happening. It, it's great people in the space. And another thing that's happened that I think is really interesting is I don't know about you, but I've started to go out into the real world uh -huh. and start meeting these people that, I only know from their voice 
or from their projects or from their Twitter accounts or from their art. And that is really, really interesting as well. So. Yeah, I want to get to that stage soon, personally. You know, now that because I'm in Canada, now oh. that we're finally getting to the point where we're going to be allowed to travel again, I, I want to start meeting some people. Yeah. Like I, in person. We did Cha Cha Lucha on this platform called Origin Protocol. Yep. And I just, they, one of the things about Cha Cha Lucha is we did this auction because George has this, uh, foundation called the Lopez Foundation, and it supports kids with kidney disease. And one of the things that it does, which I think is very amazing and something that I really want to thank you for, and I'm grateful to you for, because you did contribute a piece of art that sold, is that it sends children who have kidney disease to camp. And when I was right. younger, I had a sister who passed away from kidney disease when I was 12 and she was 13. And one thing that was so wonderful is that she got to go to camp in the summer. And that camp is a camp that, um, that these kids will go to and they have medical equipment and doctors and nurses and all kinds of things that they need there so that they're able to live for a week without kind of thinking about their disease and just be normal kids. So that's one of the things that the foundation does. So, you know, thank you for contributing to that. But the Cha Cha Lucha drop that we did, uh, we did an auction where the proceeds went directly to the foundation. We raised a lot of money. And mm -hmm. at one of the, one of the, well, not the prizes, but certain people who bid got to actually come to the event. And then I invited the origin protocol people to the event. So right. some of them lived in Canada. There was a woman there named KU, who's a really wonderful woman. And she's from Canada. So I got to see her at the event. That's just awesome. very recently. So yeah. You, you're going to be doing NFT NYC or uh, going to Miami or anything I, like that? I have a lot of people that are going. I'm not going to actually go. Are you going? I'm not going to NFT NYC. I've still got yeah. my eyes on that Miami event. I know. Art I'm Basel? thinking of it too. Yes. It's what, I'm December thinking of the early December. Five or something like that? Yeah. I think it's going to be amazing. I've got my eyes and, on it. Put it this yeah, way. Let's... Okay. I have a launch happening this week of collectibles. Yep. Uh, you have a launches. You've been launching, uh, what's it called? Socialite Society. Right? Socialite Society is one yeah, that yeah. we're doing, which is really cool. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. I, I, I can um, talk about mine whenever, but I no, want you can talk about, let's talk about yours too. Let's talk about it all. But um, yeah, there's a bunch of different projects that we're, so, so the company is agency NFT. Hmm, yes. And it's okay. kind of a production company. And then the, you know, the projects are produced and then distributed from Black Pearl Studios. And one of the, we, we do different projects with, I want to just really kind of create really interesting projects. They're not necessarily based on just selling out. I want them to be organic mm -hmm. and I want the community to be created around it. And I want them to be beautiful for whatever reasons that they are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we're doing a big one, for example, with Val Kilmer, which is mm -hmm. going to be so incredible. Um, it's going to be a high, high art project, more like an art blocks type project. Okay. And many people don't know this, but when I, uh, when I met, many people don't know about Val that not only is he this legendary actor, but he's also an artist and has been for 40 plus years since he was a child. And he has a very strong commitment to artists. In fact, he created kind of a commune in New Mexico that was a place for artists to gather. Hmm. And in Los Angeles, he has a studio called Hellmel Studios that's for artists to lift them up and to bring them up. And I really recommend that anyone who's listening to this, go watch the documentary that he just did on Amazon. It's called Val. And- It's just simply called it, Val. By the way, it's called Val. Mm -hmm. It got a standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. And it's hugely successful on Amazon. And what it is, is Val has been documenting his life with video camera since he's been like 13 years old. Oh, wow. So the whole movie is him documenting his life since he's been that age. And 
He's such an interesting person. He is literally an actor's actor. He went to Juilliard when he was 17 years old. And if you look at the role, I, I always thought he was just like the good looking guy from Top Gun, right? Sure. Yeah, that's, that's, and I didn't I, know. And Jim Morrison. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> but if you look at his, his work, he is an incredible, incredible actor. But not only that, he's an artist. And people know he has, he got throat cancer. So now right. he's lost his voice. And it's just, I feel like this NFT space is a perfect place for him to be because of the way that he cares about artists and because of his legitimacy as an artist. He's not just a celebrity coming in mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And he, we're going to take some of the art that he's created and we're going to do some amazing stuff and we're going to bring the community in. Um, and I'm really excited because I think it's going to create his legacy in ways that maybe he could never have imagined because of this technology and because of the blockchain. And I think that even the fact that maybe he, his voice is different in the, you know, in the, in the real world, in this world, there's something really unique that can happen. So I'm excited about that project. It's really fascinating when you look at some people who have entered the NFT space and maybe you knew this one dimension of them, right? Like I think of a guy like Kevin Page, who he was an actor, he's in Seinfeld, Robocop. And here he is, he's been a successful artist for years, but I had no idea. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. a lot of these creative people, of course, they're not just creative as actors, they're creative. Right. So they're creating all kinds of different elements, uh, you know, that make up who they are in terms of artistic expression, you know, right. and it's just so neat to see that in NFTs because there's just so much opportunity there to just show yourself in a way that wasn't possible before. Yeah. And I think it's so much about heart that these actors or, you know, these artists get to reveal their heart, you know, mm -hmm. and artists really reveal their heart in their work, right? When you're looking at a piece of art, when I look, you you see the heart of the artist. Let's just talk about Ali Sabet for a second, oh, because I know yeah, that sure. you love him. I love him. And, you know, when you look at his pieces, you see his heart and his authenticity and his love. And it's raw. Sometimes you don't see that with an actor on film. You can't. Right. But in this space, you do because they're putting out their art in the same way. And even, you know, even the George Lopez stuff, you know, at the event, he talked about Chacha Lucha when he was talking about Chacha Lucha, just how it brings so many people together. He was talking about the beauty of the art. He was interviewed about the project and he literally started crying because it was so heartfelt. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that people can see. I mean, you literally, you told me you got a, 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 a like from Snoop. <laughs> so there's something connected personally heart to heart that you're getting mm -hmm. that you don't get in any other space so i think that that's really interesting as well i kind of fear it getting so big that we lose that you know that does happen yeah i i mean that that's why i talked earlier about this window closing i don't know what's going to happen mm -hmm. i don't know you know i looked at the the space jam thing you know I don't know if you remember that when they came out with their NFT. I that vaguely a, remember it, yeah. Yeah, it was a big company pushing out the NFT. It, it They gave it away for free. Okay. But there was no, to me, personal connection. Mm. It was just the big company. And it's like Taco Bell. Yeah, they did that. They did that in early on as well. So, yeah. but so I, I don't know where it goes, but I do definitely think you know, it's one, it's so wonderful that so many people are getting an opportunity to do things and quit their jobs and just build this community and this world. And I, I don't know where it goes. I don't know if big companies start jumping in and trying to do what they do. They have a lot of power because they have a lot of marketing dollars. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I don't know. And like, as you know, a very small percentage of the world even knows what an NFT is. So Absolutely, what happens yeah. when it explodes? And that's what, when I work with a lot of these celebrity projects, 
I'm trying to figure out how do I break the barrier of the, the rest of the world, knowing about it, getting in on it. How do they get onboarded? Uh, different technology platforms are making it easier. I know that Coinbase is coming out with a new NFT platform, and I think that they're going to at least make it easier to purchase from either their app or their wallet. So step-by-step, step, it's becoming a little bit easier. Step-by-step, step, people are coming in that are making people aware of the space, and it's just going to explode. So I just think it's really exciting. Yeah, I find it very interesting dynamic. We mentioned Snoop Dogg, how, you know, you, he has this other identity in the NFT space, right? Mm -hmm. And here he is just quietly collecting, right? Mm -hmm. And well, quietly, he was collecting a large amount. So I don't know right. if it was quiet. Um, but then at some point, he's just like, hey, I'm Cosmo de Medici or Cosimo. I don't know. Yes. But anyway. Um, and then it's like, what, you know, and then you have this connection between this little tiny NFT space and this huge mainstream star, right? right. I, I see that happening more often where you go, wait a minute, these are the same people, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. We, yeah. There's a lot of alter ego kind of stuff happening in yeah. this space. Yes. Um, so yeah, I saw Reese Witherspoon just jumped into it. Is that right? A, yeah. She yeah. purchased, um, I forgot what the world of women. I think she bought a world of women. Oh, okay. Yeah. So nice. she's going in and she's kind of, I think, standing with women, mm -hmm. which is really amazing. Um, so it, it's just incredible where the space is going. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of stuff happening in the collectible world. As you know, there's all yeah. this generative stuff happening. There's, I don't know. So many people have just put them out. It seems that they figured out the formula just to generate the art and mm. kind of put it out there. Mass and, produce. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen there. We have a couple mm -hmm. of generative projects that we're doing. One of them is called Socialite Society, which I think is really cool. And it's, um, it's done. The artist is a guy named Paul Kang. And Paul Kang is a fashion illustrator. He did the costume design. He worked on the illustration costume design for Black Panther and mm -hmm. two and coming to America too. He does um, a lot of stuff with different celebrities. He works with the stylist for Beyonce and Kendall mm -hmm. Jenner. And he just did another something for a big major music artist that I can't name because I don't think it's out. <laughs> he just finished a George Lo Lucas project, which is amazing. George Lucas? Mm-hmm. And wow. I can't talk about it because that's not out yet either. And those are um, some pretty you know, big names you're dropping there. Right. He's a really beautiful fashion design illustrator. And he was also a, uh, a teacher at Otis School of Design okay. for 14 years. So he's really, really talented. And if you go look at socialitesociety.io, you can see his work. And it's all, it's not a, just a profile picture. It's a whole body. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the clothing design so right. they're yeah the characters are foxes and they have really beautiful clothing designs like for runway and so he translated his real world to to kind of this world with these characters and one of the pieces of utility about that one is that we want to have artists like yourself for example or any yeah, other this artist. is the part where we were on Twitter spaces and I could not hear what he was saying. He was about to explain oh, this. Right? Yeah. And he lost his connection or something. And he was like, well, what we could do is blank. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you have a particular saying. genre of art or style of art. And what he does, and it's the way that he would teach his students, is um, whether it's abstract art or whatever kind of art, he teaches people how to put that art into fashion. Mm -hmm. And it's not as simple as just taking the art and sticking it on the piece. No, It has a lot more thought put into it. So one of the pieces of utility is that um, we're gonna hold kind of rooms and things like that where artists can learn how to translate their art into another genre of art that they could sell you know, in the NFT space as fashion NFT. So that's one of the things that oh. that does. 
we also have a, you know, we, we, the, the socialites have a lot of capabilities. They're, they're ingenious business people. So mm-hmm. we want to help people, entrepreneurs in this space, build out NFT offerings um, that they can put into this space. So, and they're also philanthropic and charitable. So we want to work with charities to help people put up charitable NFTs. Mm-hmm. So with Socialite Society, we want to kind of organically build that community and have it be about people who are philanthropic, who are business people, who are um, artists and want to, you know, get into fashion. And it's also a lot of fun. So that's what we're trying to create with Socialite Society. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And I think it'll organic. It's hard. It's really hard. As you know, I don't necessarily need to sell out 10,000 in five minutes. And in fact, <laughs> it's kind of worrisome if that would happen because mm. it has to be sustained, you know, right. and I, I see a lot saying. of these projects that aren't sustained. There's kind of blown Some of out, so done. Yeah. Some of them are, and they're amazing. You know, I own a board ape, which is really cool. And I'm really grateful that I, I bought it when it was like $800. <laughs> now I think it's worth like $150,000, which is insane. But that community that is very, flip. very strong. I never flipped it. I, I still right, no, flipped I, it. Yeah, I, yeah, wrong word. It was a good investment, yeah. put it that way. <clears throat> yeah. And that's another thing, you know, there's the whole investment aspect of this world versus, you know, just being involved in a project just because you like it and you like the community and maybe you can sell things, but the flipping part of it, I'm more uncomfortable with because yep. yeah, I don't want anybody putting their money into something that they think that they're going to gain a lot of value out of. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cash I, grabby feeling without the desire to actually be a part of something. Yeah. I mean, but the space is so interesting because it has both of those elements, it but when I buy things, I buy them. I, I'm not, I personally am not doing it to flip, but I know a lot of people are, and there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. either. Yeah. But um, I buy That's, that's what's great about it. There's a freedom, right? Yeah. I feel. If yeah. you're going to be in it to flip, then be in it to flip. Yeah. And there's also nothing wrong with having a piece of art that values over time, mm-hmm. you know? So, and especially now, because again, like we talked about being so early, Mm-hmm. These things are going to be iconic. What do you think a bored ape is going to be in 20 years? What about a punk? What about your project? <laughs> what about my project? What about an Ali Sabet piece or, you know, God Cloud's coming out with some, some new stuff? You know, what is that going to be looking like in 10, 15 years? So well, that's where, for- like, talking about being early, the risk versus reward is so asymmetrical right now. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, there's a risk, you know, for example, with my project, these atomic zombies that I created. um, Right. You know, yes, obviously I put time into creating them. Right. And yes, there was a tech team that put time into putting that all together. Right. Uh, With the Koi network. But it could be an enormously successful thing. What's the risk to me if it isn't? Well, maybe it, you know, does okay. Or, you know, it doesn't. I mean, I still got to create it. I still enjoyed creating it. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm nervous. I, it's launching this next week here and, or this week actually, you know, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm really curious to see how people interact with it. Right. That's another thing is seeing where do other people take this stuff? I liked it. I looked at your work and it looked really cool. I think the oh, art is you. really beautiful. Yeah. And I just love what you're saying because I think it's all about the, I'm really kind of someone who's into self-care and meditation mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. And I really believe that the journey is more important than the desk, you know, where you finally find yourself. And it seems that artists know this innately and they create because they love to create and they also, they're just compelled to do so. And I think even myself, as a, even though I'm not an artist like you are, for example, I'm an artist in a different way. I can put together different projects and make a contribution that's artistic like, even though I'm not a painter. So I think it's just an incredible space to be able to flex those muscles or to be able to use 
that part of your brain. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty grateful for it because- See, what I see about you that I really admire is you see this could happen. This could grow this way. And you're like, I'm going to try it, you know? And you're like, yeah, I'll build your website. You have no idea what you're doing, but you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, and I really, I see that a lot in this space where there are a lot of people who are like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to try it. Maybe it's going to fail, but maybe it's going to be really successful. And there's just a joy to doing that. And the natural human instinct, I'm a teacher. I don't know if you knew that. I see this in a lot of kids. Okay. Cause I teach junior high students where they will be like, no, it won't be successful for this and this reason. And so then they never actually give it a shot because they fear the failure more so than the possibility of having success with they, more than they, they admire the idea of having success with it. The fear, the fear of failure stops. Them, right. I mean, it's a yeah. common, common thing, but yeah. I feel like in the NFT space, the consequence of failure is so tiny compared to the possibilities. I agree with you a hundred percent. And then if you combine that with the access that people in the space have to each other, mm-hmm. it's a recipe for such unique, incredible, amazing creation. So we were, you know, we talked about that. I hope that this maintains because that's what this space is. Mm-hmm. I think the people in this space, uh, it's all about making a difference for each other. It's all about collaboration. I actually have a very big law firm. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've learned, for I learned to step away from trying to do everything and to, to allow the leaders of different departments to do what they need to do. And they're perfectly capable of, of doing it. And I think that in this space, collaboration is a big, big element because, yeah, I mean, you did this project and you collaborated with these technologists and whoever produced it and, and whoever the team, the platform that you're doing it with collaboration is to me, just such a beautiful word in this space. And also it's so heartfelt the collaboration, because if you see people who have collaborated together on projects, you see how connected they are. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone wants to help each other. Everyone wants to lift each other up. And although there may be competitive feelings and things like that, it's, it always goes back to a heart center. So anytime if I'm feeling competitive or I'm feeling nervous or all of these feelings that are completely natural, I think I always kind of go back to my heart place and that authentic place. And I call that integrity Mm. in this world because Mm -hmm. everyone has like integrity, not right. Knowing what's right and wrong because people have integrity in, in life. But I think in this space, the word integrity to me means that it's really that heart space, the center of the heart space. And if you're there, you're in integrity. And if you're feeling competitive or you're feeling like, hey, you know, why is this person selling and I'm not selling? And (laughs) why is this person successful and I'm not successful? Those are like very natural feelings for a human being. But I like to pull it back to that heart space into that integrity space. And when you get there, then magic happens. You know, with the connections that you're having with people, even, you know, speaking to you right now, I feel very connected mm-hmm. being in this space. And I'm actually appreciating and thinking about all of the people that I'm doing projects with, whether it be God Cloud or JJ Weinberg or Chuck, that it's everyone, there's a real heartfelt connection with these people. So I'm grateful for that too. And you spoke, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, we, we spoke about seeing these people in person. Right. And I I just experienced it a couple of weeks ago. And it's it's like it's like family almost. It's when you see them, you don't skip a beat. You're you're like, oh, of course, you're exactly <laughs> this person, <laughs> you know. That's really interesting, by the way. I can't I hope you come to Miami. I'm gonna see because, if I can make it work. Yeah. I have because to get away from you, teaching for almost a week. That's the tricky part. Oh, that's pretty wonderful too, that you're teaching. 
I notice a lot of teachers in this space. There's so many teachers in this space for some reason. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of teachers are creative people. Yeah. You know, I'm doing a big project, just speaking mm-hmm. of teachers. I want to talk about this project because it's so sure, cool. do it. So it's called Dream Crazy Jits. And what it is, is there were a group of kids in Florida and they're black. And there was a teacher who brought them, they went to the most racist school in Florida mm-hmm. called Robert E. Lee High School. They literally oh, wow. had a Confederate statue in front of the, the school. <laughs> and um, there was a woman who, I'm gonna actually pull this up. Anyway, there was a teacher who took on these kids and the statistics of these kids are so incredible. If you look at, there were maybe 12 or 13 of these these kids, young black men. And if you ask them, how many of you have parents who have been incarcerated? Probably 80 to 90% of them would have raised their hand. Hmm. How many of you have somebody in your life that's been shot and killed? Same statistic, 80 to 90% would raise their hand. Wow. How many of you have been stopped by and searched by a police officer? 80 to 90%. How many of you have been uh, put in jail? How many of you have been deemed a gang member Hmm. or thought to be a gang member? So these kids were had such hard, difficult lives and they a lot of them didn't really talk about it. So she gave them an opportunity to speak and to talk about it. And they created this movement called the EVAC movement. And it's kind of, it's cave spelled backwards, EVAC. And it's like okay. the allegory in the cave. But they were seen by Barack Obama and they were invited to the White House. And then they were invited to Harvard to write for the Harvard Journal. Wow. There's a TED talk on them. Hmm. That's so incredible. And you can, you anyone who's listening can go to TED Talk and EVAC and they can watch the TED Talk. But I was invited to watch them present um, maybe about six or seven months ago by a guy named John Manalis, who's an amazing person. And we decided to create an NFT program with them. And the, the whole purpose of it was to mentor these kids in, in this space and allow mm-hmm. them to be artists and business people and really put together this project. So that's what this project is. And the utility of the project is about making a difference. So everyone who purchases or gets involved in the community is going to get the opportunity to make a difference as it relates to these kids, as well as just you know racial injustice as a whole. And there's a lot of really interesting, amazing things with that. So I'm excited about that project. It's called Dream Crazy Jits. And it's really about mentoring these kids to create to into the space, because I think it's really important that racism doesn't come into the space. Mm. I was very effective. You have to fight against it, right? You have to, you have to make it a positive thing that's happening in this space that's against that happening. Right. I mean, the real world has insidious racism and I don't even want that to be something that comes into the space. I'm in my opinion, I just want to, it's not there and we're going in there hard and strong to show that and to say that. So That'll be a really interesting project. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, it, it, it's that accessibility element, right? That anybody, doesn't matter where you are, where you're from, you have an opportunity here. That's, it's a pretty rare opportunity. Like you talk about the window closing. Right. right? So it's accessible. Mm-hmm. And if there's people who want to make a difference for others, they can lift them up into the space. Mm-hmm. I think that's something so amazing. My wife is from Brazil. Uh-huh. And one of the most amazing things in the space is that people from different countries who don't have the same dollar strength can participate. And some of them can make money that maybe they wouldn't have made in a year in their countries. 
whether you're in Brazil or any place in South America or, or different Asian countries or African countries, it can create generational wealth. And like I said before, the fact that we're dealing with like one currency is really interesting and mind boggling. This space is insane. It's incredible. <laughs> How um, long have you been in this space? How long have you been in NFTs particularly? I've only been in this space probably. Okay. So it is about, it's been almost a year. Okay. That's, that's a good amount of time compared to most people. Yeah. yeah. In this space, right? Yeah. Um, but imagine five years in this space yeah, or 10 years. Yeah. How long have you been in the space? Uh, I got into crypto in 2016. Wow. So, uh, but NFTs in particular, not until about a year and a half year and a bit ago. So yeah, my only experience with NFTs prior to that was knowing of things like crypto kitties and things like that, uh -huh. but I wasn't aware of all the implications at the time. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's so grown incredible tremendously and it's grown tremendously quickly. Right. Yeah. It's very fascinating for sure. And it takes up a lot of, so another thing in the space, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, just being healthy too, because it mm -hmm. can suck up everything. Cause you're living in this world that is, you know, an alternative world. And it's literally inside of Twitter or inside of, of discord. And you're, you're looking on your phone all the time. And yeah, that is for me. Me too, but like I said, I'm very interested in self-care, creating boundaries, being present with my family. And when I see myself going a little bit in too deep, I'll just pull back and- Give me some advice. You, you, you practice meditation. You, you know, yeah. this is a frenetic world. This you know, feeds on anxiety and it's frantic and competitive. Give me some tips, because I could certainly use it when it comes to just what practices do you use to kind of center yourself and have that presence away from this space? Yeah. You know, I actually had a room in clubhouse, you know, early, early on, it was called mind, body and spirit practices for the entrepreneur. And we talked about what kind of mind, body or spirit practices do you participate in that effectuate your entrepreneurial endeavors? And people would come in and they would talk about all of the things that they did. And believe me, it, these practices, really help. So for me, exercise is number one. I mm -hmm. exercise every day. Sometimes I miss a day and I'll either do a, you know, my Peloton bike or I'll do weightlifting. Mm -hmm. But when I'm doing that, I'm present hundred percent with myself and my mind clears up and I become very insightful and all these millions of ideas trickle down to maybe a couple that are very important to, to take on. So exercise is always a great thing because it literally releases serotonin and endorphins and all the things in your brain, whatever it does, it, it's, it's very healthy for you from a mind standpoint. And then I'm lucky enough to live in Santa Monica. So I go down to the beach every single day and I meditate for 10 minutes. I don't meditate nice. for four okay. hours or an okay. hour. I just take 10 minutes out. I mm -hmm. clear my mind and I actually connect with different people who have been in my life who've passed away. Mm. And I find that when I do that, I come out of it and I'm just in a different space. So I would say meditation. Just 10 minutes. Um, hmm. Just 10 minutes for me. And I also, there's a woman that I listen to. I listen to a lot of YouTube videos like um, Joe Dispenza or Abraham Hicks. Abraham Hicks is, I just love her. She talks about the laws of attraction and things like that. And there's a couple of videos that I would recommend for you to go download. One of them is called, go type in on YouTube, Abraham Hicks, being lazy for well-being. Being, being lazy, lazy for well-being. Well See, I struggle yes. with that. I, I grew up Calvinist, which means mm -hmm. being lazy is like the ultimate sin. No. So everyone- <laughs> Being lazy for well-being? Yeah, she, there's a picture of a cat on the video on YouTube and she talks about how there is a, like you just said, a I very see. negative connotation. Be lazy to the and world. receive well-being. Right. So there's I'll put this- put it in my watch later. You can just listen to it. You know, yeah, it's amazing. But um, yeah, 
there's a negative connotation to the word lazy. And mm. if you are being lazy, supposedly it's bad or wrong. But the truth is, is that you need to recharge yourself and you need to just take time out under the bridge to just be. That's really All hard of us. for me. Really hard yeah. for me. Well, you have and I have responsibilities to many people in our lives. You have your children that you teach. You have, I, I don't know if you're married. I'm married. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a child. I have employees. I have people that are looking to me for certain things and I'm happy to provide it to everyone. But first I need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And if you can take care of yourself and be in a place where you're able to do that, then you're happy to do it. And it it's just, it's incredible. So that would be my advice to you is, you know, and then also another thing that Abraham Hicks says, it's another video, you know, everything is always working out for you. Everything is always working out for me, for you, for everybody. I was listening to, um, there's a guy who wrote a book. I forgot his name. It was the mind of a monk or something like that. Um, mm, I recognize Jay that. Shetty is his okay. name's Jay Shetty. It's something like monk mindset, but what he did, okay. he was from England and he went and lived in India with a monk you know, and lived with the monks for a period of time. And he took all of that learning and teaching that he got and he came to the United States and he's, his whole thing is teaching people to have the mindset of a monk in, you know, a regular world. So you can look up Jay Shetty. He also has a, a pretty popular podcast and all of this stuff I think is really important. Self-care um, is extremely important. Especially Even as you space. say that, my instinct is to go, yeah, yeah, I'll do that in a few days when I'm done with this thing. Do you know right, what I mean? But if, and then it's, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. You know, oh, you know, yeah. I, hear, I hear what you're saying. And I go, oh, meditation, that would be a good habit. You know, oh, listening to these videos, but I've got to do this, this, and this. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I've just got yeah. that mindset of like, okay, I've got this many things on my checklist that I've got to get done. But you know, if you stop for a minute and take a walk, mm -hmm. you'll probably get more done <laughs> and you would have gotten done had you not right. stopped and take, taken a walk because your right. mind gets so cluttered with just crap. And sometimes I, you know, when I'm not doing these kind of self-care practices, I could come into my office and have a list of things to do. And for some reason, not get, not be very productive. Mm. But I find when I do these kind of practices, I'm actually more productive than when I don't do them. And I get to also have a great life because, you know, take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> and I think everyone who's listening, who is in this space understands this topic. Because like <laughs> I said before, I was in the internet space and it was moving extremely fast. Extremely. This space is moving 10 times faster than that space. And yeah. People... Where, do you, where do you see yourself in this space in a few years? What do you think is going to be the scene? Make a prediction. For me, myself, I hope that mm -hmm. I'm just producing really high end, beautiful pieces of works and mm -hmm. projects. And that's where I want to stand. I want to always stand in the place of authenticity and making a difference and integrity and collaboration. I don't want to have a big company with hundreds of people. I'm not interested in it. I did that in the past, you know, with the whole internet stage. I don't want to have hundreds of engineers. I don't want to have any of that. This is for me personally. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have a public company. I just want to do really interesting projects that make a difference and have an impact. That's why I love this Val Kilmer project because right. I, I feel like it's going to make such an impact for him. Mm -hmm. And I think it's deserved. And I think it's also going to impact artists in the community who will be brought in to this kind of space. So that's what, where I want to be. I want to be with my wife. I want to watch my child grow up. She's 16 now. She's going to college. I want to travel. And, and I love the fact that there's connection to people and all over. All, you know, COVID was a really horrible thing, but something shifted yep. with COVID. And it gives us the ability to do this. I'm connecting with you. I can connect with anyone from anywhere, any place in the world. So I... Uh, that's how, where I see myself in five years. And I think that this space is, is probably grew because of, you know, this 
ability to now connect with people with technology like Zoom Absolutely. or yeah, Clubhouse. Or, but there's also been a shift for a lot of people I know anyway, a shift in priorities after this whole COVID thing. Well, I say after, I mean, we're still somewhat in the midst of it, but yeah. in terms of going, you know, what am I really going to spend my time doing with my life? You know, it's almost like we all had a midlife crisis over the last right. two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. is this what I want to do the rest of my life? I mean, I know I'm at that age where one could say, I, you know, a midlife crisis, but I'm no, saying like- I was like, going to say that. I'm you saying, and I, I could really yeah. have be having yeah, a midlife yeah. crisis. I could, I'm just saying, you could be 20. And this last two years was like, what am I going to do with my life? Do I want to do this? Right? And it's interesting because yeah. you're seeing this phenomenon where a lot of uh, employers that, you know, were paying their workers quite low wages or maybe not, you know, giving very great conditions, they're not getting people back. They're having a hard time getting those people back because those people are going, forget it. I'm not doing this. Right. I want to do something more important with my life. Yep. Companies are going to like four day work weeks and yeah, I have a lot of employees. They do not even come into the office anymore. We don't, we used to have, we have big office space. That's like, that's empty because everyone's working from home and I'm happy to have them work from home because they get to have a better quality of life. I've become so much more efficient by not having to drive to an office or put right, on all right. these, the protocols of, you know, coming at 8.30 and leaving at 5.30 and just how much time you just spent wasted where you could just do this now. And I think it's become more productive for everybody mm-hmm. as a whole. I love the fact that maybe my employees could go in the middle of the day, take a bike ride, you know, right? it's just wonderful. So yeah, that's where I want to be in, in the next couple of years is just do really beautiful projects. Mm-hmm. Money is not that important to me. Money is important, of course, for everybody because they need to make money to live and things like that. But if you come from a place that it's not about the money, the money comes. And again, I keep saying what I love about this space because this is people in this space seem to do this for reasons other than what people traditionally do things for in the world and Mm. the riches that come from it are so it they they happen just because they happen uh i I don't know if that makes sense but i know it's like a manifestation of something like a passion as opposed to being something that's just you know someone trying to make a quick buck i mean the quick bucks do happen of course but yeah, like I mean, I talk to people almost daily who contact me and say, oh, hey, you know, I saw your Gary Vee video. You know, I'd like to get into NFTs. What do you think right. of this? And they'll show me some work. And, you know, I'm very kind. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Nice stuff, you know. But there are some who are like, so I'm going to sell this for, you know, one ETH or something. I'm like, okay, but does anybody know you? Like, you know, or, you know, they just think some of them are very short-term thinkers. They're like, oh, I'm, everybody's making a quick buck here. I'm just going to come in and make a quick buck. And I always try to tell them, look, do this because you love it, right? And work at it and persist. And if you're enjoying it and eventually money comes, awesome. You know what I mean? But right. if you're here just for the money, you're probably not going to enjoy it, really. I mean, to me, it feels it like- It takes a lot. It does. It's You have to love it, I feel. You know what else is happening? I think that the mo- like, something really interesting is just the disruption of all these different industries there's going to yep. be a disruption of the television industry, the film industry, the recording industry, the art world. There's a lot of disruption happening. As it relates to the film industry, I have a project where oh, I loved kind of what the cool, uh, not cool cats, what uh, stoner cats did in, in the sense that it was, what they did is they put out this project where people purchased these tokens. They did 10,000 of them. I think they sold them for $700 each, right? And they made $7 million. And what they did with that $7 million, at least part of it, is they created an animated show that only you can watch if you're a token holder. And that show stars Jane Fonda and Seth MacFarlane (laughs) and Chris Rock and Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. And yes, they were big celebrities that were able to do that. And maybe that's what, you know, we can go back to talking about, is this space going to change when kind of these big, bigger people come in? They had the, the, the power to get a lot of people to, to know about this and to buy it and buy into it. But ultimately, the lesson of it 
was a disruption of the film industry or the, excuse me, the television industry, because they also have a problem getting things produced in the regular, you know, television world. It's not that sure. easy. People, they're, you know, the, the different studios are consolidating the kind of productions that they choose to do, but it's, it's always hard. It's, you know, to produce a project in Hollywood, it's very time consuming and you have a lot of people, layers and layers of layers of bureaucracy. And what they did is they circumvented all of that. Right. They created a show through the NFT space. And I think that that was groundbreaking. I have a horror film coming out that I'm working with someone on that that's oh. going to be the same kind of thing. I think it'll okay. be the first horror film in the space. And it's so cool. It's very campy, but you know, that's kind of goes hand in hand with horror movies. though, right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's going to be disruption of all these spaces. And I think that that's the lesson. And maybe, you know, we started off this conversation analogizing to the internet space and the internet space was a disruption as well, big time. There's not even physical bookstores anymore because of that internet space. So right. five years from now, how is this going to be disrupting all of industry? I don't, I can only imagine, but the people who are in it right now, who are learning about it, who are participating in it are going to have opportunity. And, you know, I think that's wonderful. So yeah, that's where that's I stand. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I see it extending to pretty much anywhere, anything that involves two parties agreeing. <laughs> that's blockchain. Yeah. Like, yeah. can you think of anything that that doesn't apply to? Do you know no. what I mean? Like it's, it's massive. It's all encompassing. Yeah. It's mind blowing. I mean, yeah. it's as mind blowing, you know, as the very small like that you received from Snoop Dogg today. <laughs> I mean, just that, that, that if you just take that and extrapolate that out to where the space is going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of those kind of moments. And right. I yeah. think that's what it's all about. So totally, and, you know, there's a joy to it and I can see that in you. So thank you. That's awesome. Thank you very much for your yeah. time. I really appreciate it. I do too. Thank yeah. you so much. And hey, yeah. I just wish you all the best of luck with all the stuff that's going on. You're a force in this space. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Right on. And I feel the same about you and, and I can't wait for your project to come out. Next yeah, week, I'm right? I'm excited. Yeah. This yeah. Uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. You talked about the anxiety that you have, but I'm sure every time you put something out, you feel that as well, right? Of course. Yeah. So it's just, it's just something that that's a really interesting phenomenon. I know we're ending the interview, but it's really interesting. The first time you put something out and that feeling that you feel, I think it's always something that, that, that everyone's going to feel every time they put something out and they hope that it's like their babies. So, well, and it's, you know, that I'm, I'm extending the conversation further. It's that putting yourself out there very publicly, right. And going, Hey, maybe someone else likes this. Maybe nobody likes this. Do you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. then when someone does like it, that's the best feeling in the world. Right. But everybody likes you for doing it. You talked about that fear and, right. and whether it's successful or not, you did it. Right. So exactly. Congratulations yeah. just for that to everybody in this space. Absolutely. Who's putting anything out. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Thank you very much. All the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun today. For sure. Okay. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. Thank Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.